Welcome to the latest edition of the Buff Zone podcast. I'm Brian Howell and joined by my colleague, Pat Rooney. How are you, Pat? Doing well, Brian. How was that trip to Minnesota other than the three hours, four hours at the stadium? Well, it was better for me than it was for uh, Carl Durrell and uh, and for the rest of the Buffaloes. So, you know, it's a nice stadium. I will say that. And so it wasn't all bad. And the weather looked that, the, the weather looked nice, so it was nice. It didn't rain. I'm sure uh, the CU quarterbacks were thankful for that, but that still didn't change uh, their performance. So, I guess we shouldn't put so much uh, blame on the rain at Air Force and just realize <laughs> they're just struggling, right? Yeah, we're obviously going to get into the quarterback situation, the coaching situation, but uh, but yeah, overall it was a good trip. You know, spent some time with uh, you know, my wife came with me. I spent some time with with family and uh got to have a little mini vacation so it was a good one when about those three or four hours at the stadium you know brian every week we've we, had, we heard it certainly last week about how hard this team is working carl Durrell promising they're going to play better over and over and it's just not happening uh, they go out there every saturday and it, it's not just that they're losing but as everyone knows it's just non competitive whatsoever the turnovers early in the game, uh, you know, just being able to uh, unable to, to function at even a basic level on offense. Where do they go from here? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it it's so bad right now offensively. You know, it, it's hard to watch this team. And, you know, I, I chatted with Mike Sanford, the offensive coordinator, for a little bit uh, this week. And, you know, I agree with him to some point when he, you know, cause I, I, when I go back and watch the game, the games, you know, I, I can see things where they're pretty close. I mean, there's clearly some execution issues and sometimes that a quarterback misses a, an assignment and, you know, a running back misses a block on the first play at Minnesota and you fumble the ball on a, on a blindside sack, things like that. But, you know, there's, there's concerning things to me, not only with the offense, but, you know, I asked Carl Durrell this week about about why is it so bad, and and to me his answer was concerning. You know when when he says ah, it's not really that big of a deal, and we can fix things very very quickly. Well, if that's the case, why haven't you fixed it? <laughs> yeah, they've had a whole off season. It, you know, you, you talk about the coaching changes and scheme changes, but I mean, they've had the spring, they had all summer, they had the preseason. We're we're, we're a month into the regular season now. I, I don't know how much those kind of excuses hold water at this point. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I do think some of the newness, um, you know, some of the new parts, the new pieces in there, you know, I see some of that because you're still only three games in. I understand some of that, but they're not the only team in the country that has new offensive coordinator and new players. And, you know, those teams are there's a lot of teams that are operating just fine with with a brand new quarterback or a brand new offensive coordinator, you know, new terminology, things like that. You know, if 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 this program is struggling that much with that newness, I mean, that's college football, right? Uh, I mean, there's more turnover in college football than uh, well, I guess NFL has a lot of free agency and things like that, but there's so much turnover every year, and so if it's that's kind of the, the new- turnover in, in college sports you know especially football uh i, I mean that's just that's going to be part of the deal now yeah and, and with that being part of the deal if that's going to be an issue every time you do that well then this team i mean 
how can you play offense ever, right? I mean, you look at yeah. Oklahoma, and just one example. I know they're a better program than CU, but Oklahoma lost its head coach. I mean, all the, they lost its quarterback. They've got a whole bunch of new stuff, and they're one of the top teams in the country, and they're doing just fine. So um, I think there's a ton of excuses coming out of Colorado, uh, and it's just they're not very good. And the, I think that you know at some point there's got to be a some accountability and you know why are they not very good and we haven't really got a great answer on that other than well there's a lot of new parts and and I get it but again a lot of teams have new parts deal with it yeah the whole having a lot of new parts angle I I get that if we're talking about why they're not ready to compete for a top half of the conference position or, or a bowl position that maybe they're not there yet. They got a lot of new pieces, but that doesn't explain why they can't just function at a basic level out on the football field. Now I'm watching a game on Saturday and I thought this a lot at the TCU game as well, uh, watching in person. And then obviously I was watching on, on TV for, for Minnesota the quarterbacks are not playing well, but you know what? There's, there's nobody, there's nobody open either. Um, you know, it seemed like every throw that either Lewis or Shrout made in that Minnesota game, even the ones they completed, the receivers had guys hanging on them. Uh, the throws were short. They never really tried to even push the ball downfield. The throws were always short and there was always a defender right there. Uh, and I thought the same thing at the TCU game. Um, you know, the Air Force game is probably a bad example g- given the conditions. Um, but for, for, for TCU and, and for Minnesota, I thought the same thing. One, there's not guys open. And, and two, they're not trying to get the ball down the field at all. And to me, that doesn't have anything to do with new pieces. You know, turnovers to, to start your game two weeks in a row, that's not because of new pieces or new parts. <laughs> Uh, trying to get used to one another. Uh, so, yeah, this team's uh, in in a in a quandary right now. now I don't know how you fight out of that, uh, you know, it, it, and mentally. I was talking with someone on campus yesterday, and the mentality now, it, it, it's a hard place to be in for these guys to go out and compete. I almost feel sorry for these guys now uh, going out there, and that's a bad place for you to be in as, as a football player. Uh, to, to go out there and, and, and compete at this level. Um, and I don't know, I don't know how you work your way out of that now. Um, you, you know, you, you talk about new pieces or new parts. Well, they've had, they've had a spring, they've had all the preseason. I don't know how suddenly that gets fixed over the last you know nine weeks of the regular season. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I will say being around, I mean, there still is in talking to players, there's still some genuine, you know, uh, confidence and some belief that they can get this turned around and, you know, being out of practice, you know, there's, there's, you can still hear it through the gates. I mean, there's some good spirit going on there I and mean, they still sound like they're engaged, but how much longer can you keep that up? I mean, it's been, I mean, three weeks in a row, they've just been, you know, beaten bad. And yeah, you know, I will say the first two weeks, you know, we've talked about it. They were in the game late into the third quarter. And then the, you know, air force and TCU both pulled away late. Minnesota was just a beat down from the start. You know, if, if it keeps up that way, I don't know how these players you know, can keep their heads up. I mean, my senior year of uh, of it's high school football, I get it. But my senior year of high school football, 
was kind of the same thing. I mean, we were terrible. And, you know, by, by the midpoint of the season, most of the team had kind of checked out. I mean, it's hard to stay engaged when you're losing all the time. And, you know, it's a different situation in college. I get it, but it's human nature that, uh, you know, when you keep losing and there's a hopeless feeling of, we can't get anything done here. How do you stay engaged? Yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, I don't, I don't like talking about my background on these, but as you know, I, I played quarterback at, at the Division three level, and my first year we were awful. We didn't win a game. We got routed a lot, but we had a lot of – I'll tell you what kept us engaged was obviously it's a different era, different level at Division three. Um, but our, our coach was new. My freshman year was his second year. He was really trying to build something. We had a lot of talent that we could see in our kind of freshman and sophomore classes. And we could kind of see that there was something to build toward. Uh, we played a little better by the end of that awful winless freshman year of mine. And by my junior year, we had, and we weren't a playoff team or anything, but in the history of, uh, this school, we, had and still have what was the best team record wise that that school's had in in like 40 years uh, the point being is when we were awful there was something we could put out there we could see what there was to build toward and there was something that that kept us engaged in this situation uh at a different level stakes are higher and you, you're going out there and getting thumped you don't know if guys are going to stick around you don't at this point have to think the head coach is going to be around long if this continues, I don't know what you hang your hat on, uh, like you were talking about, as far as as what does keep you engaged other than personal pride. Yeah, and you also didn't have a, a transfer portal to deal with back then, right? You know, and you know who knows how long they had coaches around. They talk so much about the youth around here, and I get it in some respects, but there's a lot of these guys that won't be here next year. You know, Brady right. Russell's a six-year senior. Alex Fontenot's a six-year senior. Daniel Arias, RJ Sneed, Mar- Maurice Bell. These are guys that this is their final year of college. I mean, you're you're going to have brand new pieces again next year. And so, um, you know, and who knows how many of these young guys that you look around. I think there is young talent on this team. I get that. But how many of these pieces uh, of these players are going to stick around, you know, for a junior year at some point? And so, um I, I think it's a tough spot for Colorado right now. I don't I don't know how they're going to get better anytime soon, meaning this year. Um, I, I just don't see how this team, you know, gets better this year. And, and they've they're trying to hang their hat on, well, we're 0 and 0. It's a it's a conference, the it's the start of the conference play, but they're not winning this conference and they're gonna be lucky to win two, three games in this conference the way they're playing right now. Yeah, and that kind of brings us to uh, kind of what comes next. Um, I'll throw this at you. So we have UCLA at home this week. We have next week at Arizona. And then there's the bye week. Um, are we on Carl Durrell watch? I have to imagine we're on Carl Durrell watch for that bye week after the Arizona game. You know, especially if they get routed. I mean, do they even wait that long? If, if they get routed at home by UCLA this week, is that the end of the line for Carl Durrell? You know, I don't, no one wants to make a midseason change. I get it. They're going to have to have an interim guy from this staff that, you know, there's no clear candidate for that. Uh, but you just can't get, go out there and get, and not just lose, but just get thoroughly routed from the opening kickoff every week. If we see that again against what I think is a very mediocre UCLA team at home, 
when when do you pull the plug on this yeah you know i, I think we're on carl Durrell watch now you know and you know i i get that you know you want to try to see it you know play through if you're administration and there's some a lot of money involved here but you know you're right if you if you come home and i agree with you it's it's a it's an average ucla football team i think it's a good it's, it's a it's a pretty decent ucla team but it's not a ranked team <laughs> you know and it's a team that barely beat south alabama on its home field uh, on ucla's home field last saturday so if you come out there and get routed at home against ucla um i think it's you've got to be on carl Durrell watch and say we need to pull the plug now if they don't do that and then you follow that up by losing to arizona who has been the bottom of this conference for the last couple of years and they're a little bit better if they're already better than you at this point and you lose and lose handily in arizona you have to pull the plug if you're colorado i think and i don't know how you continue with it and you know i've, I've heard i've had the question asked to me well what does it do if you you know how does it improve you if you pull the plug in the middle of the season well it may not you may not win a game but i think that it shows your fans we need to move on and it's time to try something different and you know it might spark some energy in the players and and some change might be needed overall where maybe you play a little bit better in the last seven weeks of the season. Yeah, it also sends a message to potential recruits. There. You know, it's another thing you always hear. Oh, what, what will they do to recruiting? It's like, well, what will going 0-12 while getting hammered every week do for recruiting? Um, and I think that, you know, making a move would send a message like, hey, this is not acceptable. We're going to eat this money and we're going to get this turned around. You know, tells those potential future buffs that uh you know they're getting serious about you know trying to change things here so you know i i don't think you get that message if you stick with this regime and manage to eke out even two wins in a two and ten campaign or something like that yeah and this is a and the recruiting class they have now it's a decent one but you know what they have right now is on track to go zero and twelve. I imagine that even with a coaching change, you can find a recruiting class that can go zero and twelve, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and hopefully you can find one that can go that can be better than zero and twelve. But at some point, you have to forget the recruiting piece, and you know the money part of it, Pat. Let's let's talk about that real quick because so much is made of the buyout, and you know people have talked about you know eleven point four million. It's not that much. It's Essentially, what it is is, you know, Carl Durrell would be owed the rest of his contract, which after this season, his so his contract runs January 1st to December 31st. So, you know, he's after December 31st, he's owed two more years, a total of $7.8 million. He's also owed currently the, the last quarter of this year. So that's about 900000 So $8.7 million. So it's a big number, but it may not be that big when you talk about you know there's there's probably some negotiating going on i mean mike mcintyre didn't get his entire buyout a couple of years ago uh so there's probably some negotiating there's also the fact that it's in his contract that he needs to actively seek employment he has to report to cu about how he's seeking employment and whatever job he gets offsets some of you know what cu owes him so if he goes and gets a receiver coach job in the NFL and he's making, I don't even know what those guys make, but let's say he's making 750,000. So over the course of the next two years, knock off 1.5 million off of that. The last thing is, is that it's not like CU has to come up with that entire thing 
in one lump sum right away. Right. It's paid it's paid out, out over the course of years. Yeah. yeah, it's paid out monthly. It would be paid out monthly over the course of the next two years. And you can figure out ways to absorb that somehow and, and you know, move some money around and do what you have to do. So um, cost is not, I don't want to say it's not an issue, but that's not why you keep Carl Durrell, in my opinion. You've got to figure out a way. At some point, you're losing way too much with uh, your fans turning on the program and not showing up and things like that. Um, at some point, you've just got to pull the plug. And I like Carl as a person. You know, I think he's a good man. You know, he's been really good with the media this year. But at some point, you just have to realize this is not working out. And if things don't change dramatically in the next two weeks, you have to just say this didn't work out. Yeah, and as far as those mitigating costs, uh, you know, I I think what you will a car Durrell, but the guy's a coaching lifer, and I I don't believe for a second he'd be kicking up his feet at home just cashing checks from CU over the next couple of years if it comes to that. Uh, you know, he has a great reputation in the NFL. Um, he, he probably at this point would perhaps, if it gets to the you know the point where he's let go might welcome the opportunity to, uh, you know, have that kind of more of a background role back in the NFL. So and he's kind of proven that he's a coaching lifer. So, uh, you know, the idea that he would have a job, I think, fairly quickly to, to mitigate that cost, I think, is a very real X factor in, in some of those financials. Uh, and for me, you know, these things are hard to quantify, but you know, what's the cost of being on national TV and losing 49 to nothing? Uh, I know they scored a late touchdown, but, you know, you tune in at a bus game on ESPN and 49 nothing. It's midway through the third quarter. Uh, you know, what, what's the damage to your reputation when you see that? Um, you know, again, it's hard to, to quantify in financial terms, but the cost of what it would take to buy out Carl Durrell um, is, to me, much less than continuing to go out and, and have these sorts of performances on, on Saturday and the occasional Friday night. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, you know, we'll see if, Hey, he says we can change these things uh, very, very quickly. So uh, let's see if he does that. Cause to me, very, very quickly is uh, on Saturday against UCLA. So if they're not dramatically better on offense on Saturday, then I think he's lying, you know, yeah. um, and, or, or delusional, you know, um, but, We'll see. You know, the other big issue, Pat, obviously, you know, is the quarterback situation. And um, that's honestly a big reason why they're in this this hole. You know, when I talked to Mike Sanford, uh, the number one thing he said, he said, it's not only this, but the lack of continuity at quarterback has really hurt this offense. And I totally agree with him. You know, this coaching staff, and I don't know how much of it is Darrell, how much of it is Sanford. Uh, I tend to believe that, I mean, the co the head coach is the guy making this call. Uh, but at some point you've got to stick with a guy and just let him be the guy. I mean, this whole thing of you've got all these different quarterbacks that are playing and rotating, you know, it's just not working. And, you know, the lack of continuity, we're in game four, and they're probably going to go with a different plan for the fourth game in a row at quarterback. Yeah, we'll see how they play it out. You know, I, I'm not a big fan of rotating quarterbacks, but you know, to be honest, in this situation, I I, I, I could get it at Minnesota. Neither of these guys have taken the job, as, as Mike Sanford told you the other day and, and talked about with you. 
And, you know, in the case of Brendan Lewis, he's, you know, he's had his opportunity to kind of take control here. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if they turn to the freshman this week, uh, Owen McCown again. That's one I wouldn't have maybe recommended a few weeks ago, turning to a true freshman. But at this point, what do you have to lose? Yeah, I I partially agree with you. Uh, for me, I wouldn't want to waste Owen McCown uh, a year of eligibility on this season. But I still want to see, you know, give JT Shroud a couple of games where he knows it's his job and he doesn't have to look over his shoulder. That would be my plan is you got two weeks before the bye week, and I would say JT Shroud, this is your job. You have two games to prove yourself. Go win the job. And uh, I would have Owen McCown's second string. I, At this point, I hate bagging on, on kids, but I've seen enough of Brennan Lewis to think that this that he's not the guy and he, he's not going to be a quarterback at Colorado and in the Pac-12. I mean, I, I just don't see it out of him. But I would go J.T. Stroud the next two weeks. Um, I'd be curious to see what they do. I think it's very likely that uh, Owen McCown's the starting quarterback on Saturday uh, afternoon against UCLA, which, uh, again, would be uh, plan D, I guess. And you're four games in the season. You're already at plan D. Uh, they're trying anything and everything, as Carl Durrell said. So, you know, we'll see what happens on Saturday. But um, before they figure out, until they figure out this quarterback thing, I don't know how this offense gets any better. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. You know, they don't necessarily have to burn McCown's possible red shirts with an appearance um, with the new rules. But, you know, obviously if he comes in and does well, it would be hard to, even if he does okay, <laughs> at this point it would be hard to get him out of there. But uh, we'll see how it plays out. Brian, how do you see this game playing out? Well, yeah, well I, well, I will say, if he throw, if he completes 50% of his passes and um, can get, you know, a little north of 150 on the passing yards, that's a pretty darn good start at Colorado. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> like, like I said, even, even an average start would, uh, would make it hard for him to get out of there. Yeah, no question. Um, how do I see this one playing out? I see it kind of like the last three games. I mean, you know, there's part of me that, uh, you know, you know, I'm, I always try to be optimistic. Um, there's part of me that thinks, okay, maybe being back at home helps. They didn't play that bad against TCU at home until the fourth quarter. Obviously, the offense didn't do great, but they were in that game for three quarters. Maybe being at home helps. UCLA has lost the last three times they've been here, so maybe there's some of that. Maybe they found some magic formula that fixes things. But until I see something different, I can't predict that, that this offense is going to score many points, and uh, I can't project that this defense is going to stop anybody's run game and you know, they've gone against two of the best rushing teams in the country the last two weeks. Well, UCLA likes to run the football a lot, too. Um, so I kind of see a lot of the same thing. And uh, I go UCLA 38-13. Okay, I think the bus will put a few more points on the board. Uh, that's more of a testament to I don't think UCLA is very good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't I, – I, I, I kind of still see UCLA – pulling away from this one i was thinking more along the lines of 38 17 uh the buffs actually get a touchdown drive at some point to keep things interesting in the first half but uh eventually fade away so they have one non-garbage time touchdown in three games this season do you think both of those touchdowns are non-garbage time i think one of them is we'll see about the (laughs) (laughs) they've been a heck of a fourth quarter team i will say you know, getting, <laughs> getting two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. 
So, yeah, so we'll see how it plays out. I mean, obviously, you know, it, it's hard for either of us to project anything other than getting blown out until we see something different. Um, but, yeah, it's quarterback watch. It's Carl Durrell watch. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens this week at Folsom Field. It'll be an interesting day and an interesting couple of weeks, especially if this continues to go sideways. So uh, we will see how it plays out, and I will see you out there, Brian L. Sounds good. I will see you on Saturday. Thanks all for listening.